Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keani. Yeah, it's been two weeks. Yeah, it has been two weeks. You know what else has been two weeks? Okay, the break between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Okay, that's what's been two weeks. The Super Bowl was two weeks. Tom Brady didn't play in a game for two weeks. I didn't need to do a podcast for two weeks. All right, I've been gone a bit. I've been gone a bit. I've been running around, man. I'm all over. I was in St. Louis. I'll talk about that in a second. I've been back and forth between Arizona, LA, Orange County, trying to make it all work for new plans starting in March, which I'll get to a little bit. Um, but for now, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, amazing game. I mean, the game wasn't amazing itself, but the fact that someone won their seventh title certainly is in this day and age. I just saw someone post how Yogi Berra has like 10 World Series rings, and yeah, okay, and Bill Russell has his 10. NBA title rings, and it's like, that's great. I mean, what are there, six teams? You know, eight teams then. Uh, I'm happy for Bruce Arians. He was the coach in Phoenix for a long time. Loved him. He coached Carson Palmer. Now he's in uh, Tampa, and he won a title. It's fantastic. He's a great dude, and this will throw him into that stratosphere, possibly Hall of Fame coach. Um, who knows if they'll be back? I mean, Brady's coming back for sure, and Bruce Arians come back for another season. Who knows? I mean, you have kind of two coaches, right there and then his coordinators are freaking amazing okay um todd bowles and uh not teddy bridgewater god that's terrible a black quarterback so i just my mind goes to teddy bridgewater uh byron leftwich i think it's the last names they're fun leftwich is a fun last name and bridgewater is a fun last name they didn't play at the same college the only association my brain just made was that they're both black quarterbacks that's great um Let's see. Oh, no, and it's the Southeast Division. That's why, too. It's the NFC South, where Bridgewater is with Carolina. I didn't make um, – I didn't see any big plays early by KC, and that's kind of what cost them a little bit. Uh, you know, they dropped a couple passes. Maybe, you know, and you really got to take advantage of those early on in the game. Um, maybe being told all season that they're going to repeat finally came to an exhausting head. Right, KC all season, you know, they've been kind of on the high horse, them in Green Bay. Look, I've been in those games where you're just depleted and the other team just has your number and it's not happening. And your drive hasn't stopped. It's just, it's very demoralizing. Uh, KC was in a situation where you, you, you can't just give away plays. And they kind of did early on. They're like, oh, we'll get to that. We're going to be here a long time. The early drop on third down, I think there were a couple end zone misses. Morale and momentum can swing in those moments that don't, uh, they don't seem like anything. But they come back to haunt you. I remember our eighth grade football team went 0-1 versus a mediocre. We were really good. And, and a mediocre team came in and just beat us. And the coach afterwards is like, I'm not going to get mad at you right now. This week I'm going to get mad at you. We're 0-1. He's like, you're going to want this game back. You're going to want this back. Like, there is no reason you should have lost to these guys. Uh, the Bucks were stopped on the goal line in the first half. Or it would have been 28-6 to six at halftime. They dropped that one past the offensive lineman, kind of uh, wasn't wide enough, wide enough open. They did that tackle, tackle eligible. He caught it for a second, and that linebacker knocked it out of his hands. I can't blame an offensive lineman for that. I mean, it's one thing for an alignment to – get the touchdown if he were to if he were to drop a pass or bobble it or miss it or whatever but when it's a defense lineman right on you it's not like he he came three seconds later and knocked it out of his hands that linebacker was on top of him 
that would have been a great play. I'm glad it didn't come back to haunt that tackle or that offensive drive. What did the, the Bucks punt like three times? Um, yeah, it's just Casey probably thought, no problem. We'll get a lot more chances, and they didn't because uh, the Bucks just kept scoring. Minute left, they make it 14-6. Okay, and then in a minute, the Bucks come down and score a touchdown. Um, I love the Super Bowl, man. I love it. I love it. What are we? We're five minutes in. Okay. Um, World Cup as well. It's just a sensational holiday to me. Part of it is because I moved around a lot as a kid, changed houses and such. So keeping track of the Super Bowl every year helped me keep track of time, where we lived and such. I, I, I can still name every Super Bowl in order, and I might do that this episode if you're really good. Um, and I can name all the presidents as well. So call me on that sometimes if you ever see me in public. Uh, it's the ultimate meeting of competition and pageantry. That's what the Super Bowl is. Hockey, basketball, baseball, all series is the championship is spread out over seven games or two weeks or whatever. National title for basketball, football, one game. Usually held on a Monday night. But the Super Bowl just does it for me. Warm weather cities in the south. There's so much, you know, it's, it, 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 for me, it internationalizes the sport or whatever the word is for makes it greater. Augment. Um, as my friend Mike O'Connell says, it's the day the gods hand out glory. You get to sit at the great table of glory and feast for eternity. I just love it. The history, the storylines, the old sta- st- stars of the game, uh, stuff like that. The warm weather city. I just said that. Okay. Chiefs will be back. Um, the Chiefs will be back. Home grand or where? Oh, I mean, Andy, Andy Reid. Well, I just did it for white guys. Okay. So I just confused. I've confused Bridgewater earlier. With, uh, yeah, with Byron Leftwich, and I just confused Andy Reid with uh, Mike Holmgren, okay? Because they're both big, chubby guys with a mustache. I don't think Holmgren's that big anymore. So it's not race, all right? Anyway, um, Chiefs will return. They def don't want to slide into what the Seahawks are experiencing, where the Seahawks were so dominant, and then all of a sudden they come away with just one soup. Um Andy Reid Mahomes, I think, will be on top of it. It's very unfortunate about Andy Reid's son. Andy Reid and the Chiefs, uh, Andy Reed, well, Andy Reid, yeah, and the Chiefs organization need to compensate that family um, for what they went through just for public, um, for PR assurances. Just get on the right side of this one immediately. Hope that little girl recovers and just pay for all expenses. You've got plenty of money, Hunt family, and all that stuff. Very respectable family. Uh, very incredible uh, family with uh, the NFL. Um, Chiefs and Bucks next year, maybe, maybe. I, I kind of think the Packers figured out and get to the Super Bowl next year. Um, and the league may figure out how to play Mahomes after that game. You know, the league, other defense coordinators. Uh, I suspect they'll be back, and I predict a fourth straight AFC title game at Arrowhead. And I think it'll be the Bills. I think the Bills are going back to Arrowhead AFC. AFC title game, it'll be much more exciting. Wow, am I rusty? Two weeks off and I'm rusty. So I think NFC will most likely be Green Bay. And dare I say Tampa, the same foursome. A lot can change in a year. We'll see. But Tampa, Brady will be back, man. He loves it. Gronk will be back. Um, Winning that final, we're going to get to a sponsor in a second. I'm going to say winning that final game, if, if you're in, sports or any championship not that i've been a part of too many championships 1985 minor c orioles and the 1997 12 years later i had to wait 12 years but still won the title not just down the street guys 
down the street. One was on Los Alisos, and the other was uh, off Paseo de Valencia and Alicia. Wow, just a few blocks away. A few blocks away. Laguna Hills High School was where one of the titles was. And then the other title, um, again, at a Mission Viejo, right, right on the border of El Toro. But winning the final game of the year, getting to the, the title, it takes a little more. Each title game is so different, right? It's so different. And, and you look at the Super Bowls and you look at some teams that are dominant for three years, but they had one slip up one afternoon for three or four hours. Uh, it's such a talent mindset balance, mindset talent balance. Because you can sneak up on a team and get them in three or four hours. You, you can't just show up. Rarely has a team just shown up and been able to uh, get it, no matter how talented. Tampa just got serious and peaked at the perfect time of season. It was unreal. They had a three-game losing streak. But anytime you have a player that's a coach as well and has been there and is hungry still, like Brady, Bill Russell was a player coach, Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw played for the Raiders in the 60s, made it to the Super Bowl, didn't win. Then in the 70s, and went to about five or six AFC championship games without going to the Super Bowl. And they were just as good as the Raiders. You know, they were right in there. And then in 1980, he's playing for the Super Bowl again, different quarterback, different coach, his third different coach with the Raiders. But you can see him in the locker room uh, before the game, after the game. You're like, look, everybody on time for practice. Don't mess up. Like, he knows what it takes to get there. And he knows this is a team that can do it and should do it and will do it. And uh, you need it coming from more than just a coach. Ray Lewis, right? It's next-level domination. Players don't always listen to a coach, but when a fellow player is on your ass and it's a Hall of Famer, there is peer pressure to excel like you've never seen. I remember playing with, you know, good leaders or captains, and, and when they get on your ass, man, it's uh, that's different than the coach because the coach you can kind of like, oh, whatever, blow them off, make fun of. But a, a fellow player, it's like that's a peer and uh, you better step up. Um, I do love, uh, it, it's funny, every Super Bowl year, it's uh, people who comment on the Super Bowl, whether it's social media or at whatever party you go to, not that we had any parties or, or this year there were any. Um, like, is this a sport? They show up to a Super Bowl, right? They came, they knew that what it was, they knew it was a party, they knew it was a bunch of people, they, they wouldn't know or wouldn't. And they act like, is this that sports thing? Uh, What is this thing again? Like, what are we doing? And it's like, look, you came here. You knew there was going to be a party. You knew there were going to be people. You're from this country. You know what football is. You know what Tom Brady is. You You know what the Super Bowl is. You have brothers. You have friends that are guys. You have a father. You have cousins. You have uncles. You have guys. You've been around men and women that even enjoy sports. Okay, you have roots probably in the East Coast or the Midwest, maybe the South. Okay, don't act like you don't know what it is. Like, I don't comment on the Sex in the City final finale. You know, Glee um, with some other stuff. Mamma Mia, I don't like, you know, let, let people have it. Um. Yeah, who cares? And, and you're, you're, you're telling me a lot more than you know when you do that. Uh, love the Super Bowl. Love the World Cup. All the flags, all the history. The whole world is included. Just like I love, you know, New Year's, the holiday. Because it involves as many people as possible. 
like the World Cup. Yeah. Um, can I name the Super Bowls? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to do this. You can just have to trust that I'm not reading this right now, but let's see. Uh, Packers, Packers, Jets. That was 66, 67, 68. Uh, 69 was the Chiefs. 70 was the Colts of Baltimore. 71 was the Cowboys finally break through. 72 and 73 were the Dolphins back-to-back season. 74 was the Steelers. 75 was the Steelers. So a third team to repeat um, because the Packers, the Dolphins, and Steelers all repeated. 76, finally the Raiders do it. And Gene Upshaw was on that team as well. Uh, 77, Raiders should have repeated, but it wasn't. It was the Cowboys beating the Broncos. In 78, it was the Steelers again uh, beating the Cowboys again. Um, Cowboys won two in the 70s. 79 was the Steelers winning their final of the 70s against the Rams. And in 80 was the Raiders. The Raiders beat the Eagles. The first wild card team to do it. Uh, in 81, it was the Niners. 82 was the Redskins. 83 was the Raiders again for their final one. 84 was the Niners. The same night, I think, as Reagan's re-inauguration for his second term. I was in D.C. for that as a kid, um, but it got snowed out. The only inauguration ever be snowed out. Uh, 85 was the Bears, of course, the most dominant uh, season ever, possibly. 86 was the Giants against the Broncos. 87, Doug Williams and the Redskins took it. 88, 89 was, um, yeah, that would have been the uh, Niners for the, uh, what were they, the fourth team to then repeat? Let's see, one, two, three, four. Well, yeah, fourth team to do it, but it was the fifth time a team repeated since the Steelers repeated twice. They almost three-peated, but in 90, the Giants knocked him off in candlestick to go on to beat Buffalo on a missed last-second field goal. Uh, then 91 was the Redskins for their last. Um, 92-93, Cowboys repeat. 94, the Niners are back to win their final one, their fifth. Uh, 96, the Packers win. Brett Favre's only one, 97-98 was the Broncos. John Elway retires. Uh, let's see, 99 would have been the Rams. Greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner. 2000 was the Ravens with Ray Lewis. 2001, Brady's first. Wow, and that's going to bring us all the way to today. 2002 was the Bucks. Okay, that combines it. 2003, 2004 were the Patriots again. 2005 was the finally the Colts. No, no, Steelers, Steelers, ben, young Ben Roethlisberger, and then Bill Cower and Jerome Pettis retire after that in um, 05. 06 was finally Peyton Manning breaks through with the Colts. 07 was the Giants upset the undefeated Patriots. 08 was the Steelers beat the upstart Cardinals from Phoenix. Kurt Warner on his second go-around. Um, 2009 was the Saints beating Peyton. 2010 was Rodgers winning one. God, it's been a decade since the Packers won. 2011, the Giants upset the Patriots again. That was crazy. Um, 2012, Ravens. Yes, Ray Lewis goes out on top. 2013, um, ooh, Peyton Manning with the Broncos. They get torched by the Seattle Seahawks. 2014, um, who wins 2014? Oh, the, the, the Patriots come back and in a thriller beat the Seahawks in 2014. And then 2015, Peyton Manning goes out on top with the Broncos as they beat Carolina. Um, 2016 and 17, wait, 2016 was the Patriots in another thriller against Atlanta. 2017 was uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles beating the Patriots. 2000, uh, okay, where are we? That was 2017. 2018, Patriots beat the Rams in a snorefest. 
um, Patriots era or their dynasty begins and ends against the Rams. Um, 2018. Did I say that yet? Yeah. No. 2018. Okay. Rams beat the Patriots or Patriots beat the Rams. 2019 was the uh, KC Chiefs beating San Francisco. 2020, the Bucks with Brady went their seventh or went his seventh. Okay. So that's what I did. I did all 55 or whatever. Wow. Thrilling. I can do that with the presidents too, if you like sometime. All right, let's do an ad really quick, guys. Um, let's do an ad. iFinancialGroup.com. iFinancialGroup can take care of your commercial equipment financing needs. The financing that you need to start a business. Why go through a bank, okay? With a one-page application, you can get pre-approved same day. Let Todd, Todd Bodell, at iFinancialGroup, Earn your business at 949-510-1590. Todd Bodell, 949-510-1590. Or email him at tbodell, that's T-B-O-D-E-L-L, two L's like Dell, at ifinancialgroup.com. Okay, tell him I sent you. He's a good guy. You can email him too, which I just said. Uh, He's a good guy. He's so trustworthy. He's got too much guilt to screw you over. Okay. He'd be like, oh, man, did that guy get the best deal? Believe me. Bonafide. Uh, great dude. Known him a long time. Wish I had some commercial financing needs, commercial equipment financing needs. I'd go to him for sure. Okay. Um, I love it, man. I love the Super Bowl. And I love stories of, of like success. And, and whether it's a team I like or not, I try to absorb those into my own life. Andrew Berlinson is a, is a great actor in Hollywood, and he's a Harvard kid. And he was Blue Man Group, and he's from New York. And he's, you know, how he follows, uh, he's a Yankee fan, and he always tries to approach his career like Derek Jeter approached his baseball career, you know, that level of intensity and commitment. And I always loved that. I always admired about that, uh, about him. So I kind of try it with professional athletes as well, the Joe Montanas, the uh, Tom Brady's. You wouldn't notice by my, uh, you know, legacy, but, uh, you know, I've tried. Um and I love those stories of just all that that work coming to fruition because I've worked hard but not smart. And uh, eventually you touch the, the ceiling. You scrape the surface. Um, speaking of speaking of great uh, reaching the top, I did career day at my old high school in Santa Margarita. And it was just fantastic. Santa Margarita High School down in Orange County there. The level of talent that has graduated from there is just uh, unfathomable. Every category doctors lawyers business finance tech it is it the same thing sports the arts uh, just as important the quality of people i'm amazed at people 10 years younger than me right um people 20 years younger than me well uh just amazing just amazing talented people and uh Hardworking, and then came back to talk to the students that are juniors, halfway through their junior year, talking to them about college and beyond. And uh, it's fun. It's rewarding. I do like it, and I hope the kids get something out of it. I know halfway through my junior year, I wasn't as serious as I could have been, kind of let uh, all that stuff slip through the cracks. Um, so that was good. That was a fun time. I am going to start working in the private sector next month, uh, so I'll be a little more chill on this podcast. I won't be mentioning. That's good news, by the way. Uh, I'm starting in March. I'm not going to mention my employer, but anything I say will be separate of my employer and will not be in any way a representation of said employer. Um, But I'm looking forward to it. So um, it's like that line in Ghostbusters when they get fired from the university and they're like, you don't understand what it's like out there. All right. 
it's the private sector. We have to produce. You know, we can't hide, and that's that's what like I'll have to do now. Actually, it's yeah, kind of a combination of both those things. Um, so yeah, moving to Orange County in a few weeks should be interesting. A little weird, a little lonely, even though it's minutes from where I grew up. It's a change. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. A little career shift. I think the stand-up comedy will help. It can't hurt. That's the good thing. My buddy Dave Shear, Amazon, told me, he's like, it's not like you've been shoveling coal for 20 years. You know, you've been getting up in front of mild, uh, weird, crazy audiences all over the country, all range, all types of neighborhoods, all types of people to make them laugh, not to speak to them, to make them laugh. Um, you know what I mean? Even if you're a mu- musician that didn't make it huge, you can still play an instrument, okay, which to me is a success. That is cool and, 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 and has value. If you're a comic who didn't make it huge, I mean, you know, I was a working working comic, um, which is pretty great, pretty amazing. You can still use those skills for doing stand-up, um, homeless, you know, on the streets. No, kidding. You can still teach uh, young people. You can use those stand-up skills to teach public speaking, to demonstrate public speaking. Uh, you can, you can see, you've seen things that you people wouldn't believe. I've seen attack ships on fire off the coast of Orion. You've seen some things that that can hopefully help with young people, offer insight, offer understanding. Uh, Those are pretty valuable, especially in today's uh, current climate with a lot of mental health issues, man. We got to, God, we got to look out for each other and just check in on each other and, um, and, and ride out those stormy, I don't know what they are, late afternoon blues or whatever. Um, I find that I have to do it. I'm like, what is this right now? And I'm like, I'll tell you what it is. It's a little depression. And you know what else it is? It's temporary. Um, Some people, it's more serious. They have to get medication. But for me, sometimes it's like, ride this out. Ride this out. Like, this isn't isn't staying with you. Um, I was in St. Louis last weekend before the Super Bowl. Was cold, 10 degrees. Was somber. Somber? Somber. Somber. Uh, It was a St. Louis that was a little sad. It was just, I hadn't seen that town like that before. But that's how it is kind of worldwide right now. Um, I do like that city. I was at Helium Comedy Club. There are five Helium Comedy Clubs. I love <clears throat> these clubs. Ever since I did one with Swartzen in Philly years ago, I think it was 07, I couldn't believe how good that club was. Uh, they have one in Buffalo, one in St. Louis, of course, one in Portland, one in Philly, one in Indy, and one in Austin is on its way, I believe. Austin, another great town. I'll be there in March for a weekend. Um, it's just so weird to write comedy sometimes and go perform it in a market that is nothing like where you live or who you write it for. Sometimes like a college on the East Coast in the Northeast or something like in a wintry night. And it's like, what? Um, I guess that's the idea, right? I love seeing the different towns. Any, any town in the world, I love seeing it. Any town in the country. Um, I don't always love the club. I don't always love doing stand-up for those people. Um, and what they expect comedy to be, but whatever. You're going to get something out of it. you got to get something out of it, right? Okay, um, which is why I have the mascots and the fan center idea. I, I do enjoy those different people. It, it, it's when you get to a comedy club and it's, you know, some drunk bachelorettes or some suburbanites that want you to talk about, you know, I don't know, uh, the Cheesecake Factory or stuff like that, or the divorced friend, or stuff like that. It's like, look, I can't get to every topic in 45 minutes or an hour. Um, anyway, I have a Saturday night gig this weekend at the Irvine Improv with Steve Byrne, so check that out if you can. I think it's outdoors. I, I know it's outdoors. It's Steve Byrne. Um, 
then a gig in Austin in mid-March, and then that's it for a while, right? Probably nothing until summer after that. Um, but Irvine this weekend will be fun. Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, the best MC in the business, and a funny comic, not just an MC. I could watch him do an hour. My last girlfriend loved him, uh, as do I, and we went to see him one night at Flappers in Burbank. He was so funny. He was the headliner. Uh, one Saturday night in the back and we watched him do great crowd work. Then we stayed for the second show. Uh, I don't think I've ever done that. He's great. She's great. Um, maybe good to be uh, in a relationship sometimes where you have some regrets afterwards and you blow it because then you're ready for the next one to go further uh, and hopefully not trying to replace the last one you were in. Where did that come from? Okay. I'm all over the place. Hopefully, I can do weekend gigs at the Improvs in Irvine, Ontario, and Brea when I'm down in Orange County. No reason not to. You know, MC, feature, can drive to those gigs, get a little scratch. Uh, I'm friends with Aaron Vaughn, so that's a possibility. She may throw me a bone here and there. Uh, and Mona Ray Martinez will be with us. Mona Ray Martinez will be with us Saturday night, who's great as well, from Buffalo. Um, where are we here? Okay, we got to wrap this up. I'll tell you, speaking of comedy, another guy who was hilarious, Christopher Plummer. Just so funny. Um, Sound of Music, just a comedy classic. Um, I have some contacts who did a movie with him, Beginners, and they won the Academy Award for that. He did, finally. He should, I don't think he got one for Sound of Music. Uh, by the way, I think it's in his contract. You're not allowed to talk to that guy about the Sound of Music on set and stuff like that. Um. But uh, he got him at Academy Award. He was also in the film version of Dragnet with Dabney Coleman and his Southern Lisp, which was weird when Dabney had that. Oh, yeah, and Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks also in that movie and the Virgin Connie Swales. Wow, Aykroyd just co-starred with every great 80s comedic actor. Well, actor and comedic otherwise. Sound of Music, so damn good. So damn good. that I, I read that he can't, some article said you can't talk to him about, um, you can't talk to him about that. Um about Sound of Music because he's just like over it. My God, that was so long ago. It's funny what movies hold up. I almost think movies should be re-awarded if they hold up, right? Sometimes the Academy Awards are just a reminder of how stupid we are at the time because we get caught up in what kind of is hot and not necessarily what's good. Shawshank didn't get any awards, all right? You know, it's hard though at the time to know what will survive the time. I remember Crash won, the movie Crash which was okay, but it was nothing compared to, to, to Brokeback Mountain and the moral, the, the moral weight and the conundrum uh, that that movie leaves you with. It's just so powerful. Um, some of these other movies that make it, there, wasn't there an, a, a Swamp Thing movie underwater that makes out with a girl, like the color, liquid of, color of liquid or something? It's just like, this looks terrible. But that got movie of the year because they're like, oh, we're going to try, we're gonna try to vote too artsy here and it's like there's probably some classic that could have won that year um some of these awards go to movies nobody would watching nobody would watch without the hype it's weird uh but christopher Plummer, man that movie sound of music was like the last great musical i mean clearly there's been plenty since but the one that one and oliver were like the last big musicals in the mid to late 60s before the age of film would turn into the grittier more real stories of america you know the french connections the easy rider easy rider kind of launched that my fair lady west side story were kind of before that they were early 60s i think early to mid 60s but sound of music was uh 
kind of the last bastion of, of big musical before like movies got pretty real after that you know even though sound of music is based on a true story um god it's so interesting to me that hitler was from austria and stalin was from um georgia isn't that interesting probably not to you but to me anyway that brings us to patrick Keene's tweets of the week you guys patrick Keene's tweets of the week on monday i tweeted chicks are always going for jamaica jamaican jerk chicken when there's plenty of jamaican nice guy chicken out there you know what i mean jerks versus nice guys uh on tuesday i tweeted can't believe how much i don't miss stand-up what a snide little tweet. Okay, I was probably in a bad mood there. I do I do miss it. All right. On Wednesday, I tweeted, In college, I saved money by borrowing my, microfiche, by borrowing my neighbor's microfiche password. Borrowing my ma- neighbor's microfiche password. Get it? <coughs> Instead of internet, we used microfiche, which I think I used twice in my life. Um, and then it was encyclopedias after that. Or instead of that. On Thursday, I tweeted, Somehow my fashion is even bad when I'm naked. That's a fun joke because, like, you know how, like, as a guy, you try to wear clothes and you're like, God, I can't get, why can I not get a pattern down or colors or something? Um, and even when I'm naked, I screw it up, you know, like most guys. Heterosexuals, gay guys know what they're doing with the fashion. Ooh, edgy. Uh, on Friday, I tweeted, milk chocolate is for children. Milk chocolate is for children. Get it? Um, milk chocolate, because dark chocolate's for adults. Once you're, like, 25, 30. Go with dark chocolate. Milk chocolate's just like straight sugar. Come on, clean it up. Get real, man. You want to get real? Get dark chocolate. Guys, that's it. That's all I have. So that oh wait, hey, let me wrap it up. Let me let me bookend that. Let's not transition so fast. That was Patrick Keene's tweets of the week. Um, brought to you by Patrick Keene. That's it, guys. That's all I have for Keen on Things Podcast. Uh, a little rusty after two weeks, but like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, I knocked it out. Three touchdowns, no picks, plenty of yards, another victory. Um, YouTube, I changed from mascots to fan center. So Patrick Keene fan center. We'll get you those uh, those videos if you YouTube Patrick Keene fan center. Uh, mascots will be under that umbrella because uh, that's a little more specific. And it's uh, I think it'll be a better fit that way, better applicable. Um, what else? I think that's all we got. So follow me, Keen of Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Keen of Comedy 8 on TikTok, stuff like that. Trying to keep it clean and uh, tight and fun and entertaining and informative and enlightening and all that stuff. Uh, that's all I got. Thank you. Take care. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Uh, we're almost to it. We've almost been doing this a year. We're at like 46 weeks now, 47 weeks. All right. Love you. Cheers. <laughs>